Welcome to the Optimized Law Firm podcast, where we chat with legal pros who can help you run a more profitable and enjoyable business. I'm your host, Patrick Carver with Constellation Marketing, and we help law firms increase their monthly revenue by over 300% through the power of SEO. This week, we're talking with Sean Arnold and Clayton Romero of Codex 10 about how small and solo law firms can use AI to save money and win more trials. E-discovery has traditionally been a tedious, time-consuming and expensive process that can be prone to errors. Sean and Clayton share how some new innovations in legal tech are revolutionizing trial prep for law firms of all sizes. Listen in to hear how you can automate more and increase your revenue at the same time. Tell folks a little bit more about what Codex 10 does. Sure, so uh, Codex 10 in short helps attorneys get through their document review process faster uh, and more accurately in order to get to you know basically the rest of their caseload. As Sean was talking about, uh, this technology hasn't been available, nor have these workflows been touched in the last probably 10 years for the mid-size, boutique-size, or smaller law firms, um, just because they haven't had the time, in, in short, right? These guys have a lot of plates to spin, and for the most part, they're pretty comfortable in the profit that they're making. The problem is that behind the scenes, data has been growing at an exponential rate, and the American bar and the U.S. government have been working very closely with each other, looking at not only the data landscape, but also the threat landscape and how these things are impacting consumers. So they've gotten very, very strict about how discovery has to be handled, how document review has to be handled, how client data has to be handled. Um, and so that's really where we came in as we go, look, you have to have this extraordinarily deep and esoteric knowledge of the industry and of the technology to do this properly. Uh, attorneys don't typically have the time to go in and learn those things. They already have their own set of esoteric knowledge that they focus on. So to ask them to basically go in and get another degree isn't terribly reasonable while they're also practicing law. So we can come into a law firm and give them that expertise. It's very turnkey in that way. So any firm that needs that help, and they all do, um, they can come to us and we handle everything from the evidence collection to the data handling, data storing that stuff from, from a client standpoint. They no longer have to worry about the housekeeping. Where do these things live? Are they secure? Uh, hey, did opposing counsel send me that thing? Did my client give it to me in the correct format? Invariably, the answer is no, they didn't. Um, did I get everything out of my client that I needed to get? Or are they trying to, you know, well-meaning obfuscate what things uh, they should or shouldn't send me? Well, frankly, your client doesn't know what they're talking about, right? They're they're not the legal expert. You are. So wouldn't you want to have all of that data so you can make the choice of what is and isn't responsive, right? Likewise, what is and isn't privileged? I got into an argument the other day. I said an argument, a discussion, a heated discussion with sure. uh, one of our clients' clients talking about how privilege between um, he and a sibling. And I want you – that's not – that's not privileged communication. That's a whole other set of things like that doesn't qualify. That's the kind of thing that 
that attorneys are dealing with is these clients who don't know any better, and we can come in and help them with that. Likewise, anytime that we get a client who then uh, goes into any of their ESI uh, orders or where they're now starting to have these discussions um, with opposing counsel about their Rule 26, you know, talking about how are we going to handle discovery, we come in and start giving them the translation, right? We do away with any of the confusion about, well, they're saying we need this in natural format versus native format, or we need to go through and send these things across in PDF versus not PDF. We help them understand all of the different restrictions and impacts, the long-term impacts on why they would or wouldn't want something in a particular way. Right? And you walk that line so that it is best for everyone involved, so that, that our clients are not giving away more information than they truly need to, while at the same time receiving the information that they actually want from opposing counsel. It is a real pain to have to go through a 7,000-page PDF and try and find individual records. And that happens so often, it is not even funny. And that's an expensive thing to have to go through and do. I mean, you know, we, we will handle that for clients in the event that they ask us to, but that's a professional services charge. And that's not cheap, right? You're looking at roughly 50 hours worth of work to go through and split up a 7,000-page uh, document into its constituent parts, rather than we can just come in in that initial conversation with opposing counsel and say, no, we need those as the individual PDFs. And now we've saved $7,000 for you know, our client and their client. That's a, a big impact. Yeah. yeah and, you, and well, one other quick thing too, that sure. And that's all like very high order, but also at a really, really basic level, the, the work associated with doing document review, right. And e-discovery is incredibly tedious, right? I mean, it is, it is time consuming. It's fatigue oriented, you know, because mm -hmm. you have people that do this work and they literally get handed buckets of stuff and say here's 10,000 pages go find the four pieces of information in these 10,000 pages that are relevant to what we're doing right now mm -hmm. right it's not easy work um this makes it infinitely easier so while the attorneys that generally are that are doing the lawyering part of it right case strategy you, you know it, by the time they get it this is usually already done right by other people in the firm the other people in the firm are working really, really hard, right, to do that. The platform in and of itself makes their life absurdly easier. So, so, and again, not to say that now they don't have to work hard, but their work harding from an out, they're working hard from an output standpoint will be eight times much, as much, ten times as much because they can do it faster. Mm -hmm. They can make less mistakes because they're not worn out from having done this yeah. manually. Um, it's just an incredibly it's an accelerator, right? It's like a catalyst. It's like throwing gasoline in, you know, or putting an, an, an engine additive right into yeah. where it just speeds things up. The analogy I use all the time is, is, you know, if law firm's job is, is cutting down trees, they're in there swinging an ax and they've done that for 50 years and they've built a, a profitable firm and everybody's doing really well swinging an ax. So sometimes it's really hard to go, well, I walk in with a chainsaw, right? And the initial thing is is like i don't know what that is it looks neat but i'm doing really good swinging an axe right mm -hmm. and it's like yeah but if you could cut down two trees a day swinging an axe what if you could cut down 20 trees a day 
with this chainsaw, right? Like, doesn't that make more sense? And sometimes that's just, it's just, it's purely it. It's a, it's a, people are working really, really hard to get this much output and the tools and services make it to where they can get that for much easier or work the same amount and be able to process infinitely more, you know, infinite, an infinite, not infinite, but a, a large multiple more amount of data. So it sounds like from a layman's perspective on this, that you're just, have the ability to use software automation technology to cut down on what is a traditionally a labor cost right and there are other benefits to it as well associated with that which is something that we look for in our business and i think law firms can uh, benefit from it as well do you think that i know you guys work with a lot of bigger firms larger firms with big headcounts huge discovery processes do you think this type of thing can help smaller law firms as well and, and solo firms? Oh, hugely, hugely. Um, part of that is from a compliance point of view, these guys, the onesie twosie shops, the solo practitioners, the I've got maybe you know three of my law firm buddies. We went out and we started a law firm. We got you know 15 staff now and we're just handling cases as we can handle them. I don't have the money to hire a compliance person to help keep us in check and help avoid getting bar sanctions, uh, getting the opposing counsel the ability because we made a mistake we didn't know. We you know, operated out of a, a portion of ignorance and uh, have opposing counsel now requiring us to pay attorney's fees. Now that's a risk for malpractice. That's a, a huge additional cost for my client. That's not good. Um, those small shops have an even bigger impact. And it's, it's actually cool because, you know, Sean likes to say this technology has you know sort of re- retreated to the field you've come back to the field the field has shrunk i'm, I'm bad about the term um but in, in essence it's become cheap enough that these solo practitioners can afford it and it's allowing them to take a chunk out of a market that was traditionally only available to the the big shops right denton's has a massive multi-million dollar budget for development and for coder, I mean, these people have software developers on staff to custom build tools to do these things. <laughs> the the guy who has his uh, injury practice and he's got five staff doesn't have a million dollars to throw at development. So having services like ours, having um, software like uh, the platform we've specifically chosen is Everlaw. Um, having platforms like that available to them gives them such a competitive advantage, both from a, a flow of of, uh, of work, but then also to expand their business and minimize the risk, which is really, really important. Well, the workload, and that's the thing, is the workload for a case is the workload for a case. I mean, right, that's sort of like, if you, so So, granted, there's maybe a lot more resource, like if a 300 headcount firm, for example, there, there's, or 500, right? There's a lot of resources behind that, you know, help, the attorneys working those cases, but you still got, when you have a case come in, you've got a guy that's probably leading. You've got, he's got maybe a team under him that involves maybe some junior attorneys and probably some, you know, lit support people, paralegals, <clears throat> you know, that structure exists, but the, the workload to process a case is kind of the workload to process a case. Now you might, the only caveat is, is sure. Like if you're a firm that's going to take on a, you know, a class action, that's got, 
you know, the class has got 50,000 people in it. You know, that might mm-hmm. be something that a little firm's just raw. But but for the most part, a complex case, you know, when we talk about complex litigation, meaning there's multiple custodians and parties, that, that can happen at a at a single shot level or at a big level, yep. right? You could get yep. a case that's got lots of people involved um, and lots of data. So um, the thing really for us and the way we built the model this way is we actually had the small to mid-sized firm in mind because the way that we've constructed the pricing around this and the way it, the cost is it's very consumption oriented and very modular. So most technologies, there's this sort of get in price, right? Which is where that hurts a lot of small firms. So back in the day, if you wanted to run a big, huge e-discovery platform, it's like, well, I got to stand up servers and I got to have people to run it and I got to have tech Mm -hmm. people. And, you know, it's going to be quarter million dollars just to even get in the door. Right. And then like, I can't do that. I got two attorneys, five attorneys. I'm not spending a half, you know, quarter million dollars, half a million dollars on this thing. I can't, right. It's not possible. Our platform is cloud-based. It's based on consumption, right. Effectively, how many cases do you have? How much data is in it? So it's hundred percent controllable in a sense of if, I'm a, a single guy or three guys and girls or four or five or whatever, um, a case is a case. And we price it based on that. So there's not really a cost barrier, right, from that perspective. And frankly, the feedback we've gotten to this point is, is relative to the overall cost of a case, our our cost is, is neg- I mean, it literally is negligible, right? It's not even... It's it's not even in the stratosphere of decision making. It's a it's a rounding error in some cases, right? Depending on how these billings go, because it's not overtly expensive. So, and I can tell you this: if you want to look at value versus price, it's it's insane because we are talking about ten times faster, reducing the error rate by a factor of about seven, right? Like mm-hmm. these are real numbers that we've got now from doing this for a minute, right? These are not pulled out of the air. Like it's literally. 100 hour discovery in 10 minutes. I mean, 10 minutes in 10 hours. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 100 errors on a case being more like 15, right? Um, those sorts of things. And for not having to spend a ton of money, I mean, I, our, honestly, the biggest thing that firms I think need to think about is, is most of the time I feel like the the barrier for entry is two things. Number one, they've done things one way for a long, long time and change is, yep. is, is not, people don't like to change, especially if they've been successful with how they've done it. Um, and just the idea of what that looks like from a, a change in, in process standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, and it's weird. It's one of those things of like, it's hard to, we see the end result and it's very difficult in our mind to say, I understand why you're resistant to change. Most people are, but once you get comfortable and everything gets rolling, you're going to run at such a faster speed that you're going to look back and go, oh, my gosh, why was I so resistant to making that change um, and innovating? You know, the, the other analogy I draw is like. It's like when someone shows up with email and you've been physically typing letters and sticking stamps on envelopes and throwing them in the mail. And then someone shows up and goes, hey, I've got this thing I can put on your PC where you can just type in it's in and it'll go where you want it to go. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like them going, eh, I don't know. I've been writing letters my whole career. This seems a little silly, right? And it's like, well, it does until you get it. And then you're like, oh my gosh, like, this is great, right? It takes me 10 seconds to message as opposed to 10 minutes and then X travel time and whatever it takes to get whatever. So, you know, it's really, it's very, cha- it's very, 
it's very transformative at the workload level. And yeah. I think it's also it's also acquirable, right? from a price standpoint, right? Which is also the big thing because most even solo practices will tell you like, well, I don't I'm I'm eating what I kill over here, man. I don't have, you know, just buckets of cash laying around. You know what I mean? To do stuff. Yeah, but it sounds like you guys are doing something a little bit different than traditional e-discovery or maybe what's been done in the past where you're able to come in and do maybe that one big case that is going to require a ton of discovery within a mm-hmm. firm. Um, even if it's a you know a criminal firm, they do typically DWIs most often, but they occasionally get that death penalty case and yep. you know or something like that. And this seems like a really good solution for for that type of situation where you can get to know the the tool. You guys kind of take them through it, set them up, and then. They have this big, hairy task that they have to go through thousands of documents. You can help expedite that. So even on, you know, kind of a case-by-case basis, it seems like there's a lot of value. Even if it's one big case a year, you're still able to save a ton of time, labor, <laughs> reduce your – not have to bring people on or, or hire out uh, discovery agents to to come in and, right. and look at all of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually one of those things that has been – fun um to get to show attorneys is actually had an attorney yesterday (laughs) we were he's been in the case for a little while now and he uh we're just talking about his production and he goes you know i don't know that i can go back to how i was doing it before after this (laughs) well i don't feel bad about that to be totally honest because how you're doing it before was bad (laughs) so you know there is there's this moment that i think a lot of attorneys once they've accepted the fact that you know there's that initial barrier for entry of um changing one's habits once that barrier has been crossed they don't they don't know how to go back to how it was before because it's so much not only is it faster and less risk prone but it's also more comfortable they don't have to have all of the stuff that they traditionally have stored in their heads and then every time that their staff comes to them and talks to them about a given thing, right? Take your your point about a criminal case. Um, those things run day in and day out. Okay, so it could be 3 a.m. and you're trying to hit some deadline because, of course, you're trying to go through and review 12,000 records to save someone's life, uh, or conversely to make sure that someone who is a horrendous murderer stays in prison. Okay. Um, these things, you don't want to have to then go and bother someone else at 3 a.m. to go ask your paralegal for this thing because she's not going to pick up the phone or he's not going to pick up the phone because they're asleep. You want to be able to have that evidence at your fingertips. And with tools like this, you can. You can put all of that information that, that you've stored in your head, the case strategy, uh, the task delegation, all of the, your thought processes, they go into tools like this using workflows that we've built we're helping you through those from a case strategy standpoint. Best practices that we know work across various types of cases, various types of industries. This improves case results for the attorneys, for the clients, hands down, uh, and and across every possible industry. I mean, it just it just improves outcomes. Period. That's, yeah, and let I mean, me. It doesn't get any better than that. 
And let me attack one other little thing that's a little bit of a misconception, even with the attorneys, right? So I know what you're driving at, right? Like, so in personal injury is a great example. <clears throat> you know, there's a fair amount of those cases to where the process of of handling those cases is pretty rote and defined, right? Like, just like, like a car accident, right? A basic, you know, not catastrophic, you know, it's an injury. Someone's got some medical bills they need to get taken care of. You know, they don't have thousands of pages of of, you know, they know I need nurses notes. I need the intake report from when they went in the emergency room. I need the specialist saying this happened. I need a bunch of receipts from bills and we're going to send some letters and, you know, eventually someone's going to say, we'll give you three grand or five grand or something. And we'll, you know, yeah, that's not a great can't, but I mean, I think there's a lot of room though, between that and what we're, I think calling a big case, because one of the things we see is attorneys go, Oh, well, that's not big enough to really put an e-discovery process in place for. Well, it is right. I think there's a misconception about, you know, what that means, right? Um, there's still value in smaller cases because we do talk about things like five thousand, ten thousand, fifty thousand documents. That happens, but two thousand documents is still a ton. A thousand documents, and that, and that could be one email box. I mean, when we say documents, right? If you get six months worth of email and discovery, that's going to be a thousand records probably right. just by itself, right? Probably I mean, case, more. Case in point, two hundred and twenty-seven pages from a case the other day. Resulted in six thousand three hundred and fifty pages. So, I mean, that's that's how those things balloon. They balloon very very quickly. So along those lines, another thing I just want to point out because there may be people that listen to this that you know aren't overly familiar with the sort of e-discovery services model, but and and especially if they're smaller and go, I've never considered that because it's probably really expensive. Um. We're not just a software business. We're not in here trying to throw tech at it where we just we show up, you know, and drop this bomb in your thing and go, here's this great tool. And then we run off, scurry off into the dusk. We're actually also providing litigation support services. Right. We're a services company that has a tool, not a software company. Right. So, again, with it being incredibly affordable. It's a firm that's got one, two, five people where we become the lit support department. Right. It's something mm-hmm. that they wouldn't just hire out because it's burdensome. Right. It's just like IT. Most firms are like, I'm not going to hire four IT people. I'm just going to go find a shop. Right. That'll do it for me for some sort of fixed monthly rate. Right. We come in and say, we're going to give you the tool, but we're also going to empower the tool. We're going to do some of the work. We're going to be with you throughout the process. So when you're working cases, <clears throat> excuse me, and you're trying to, you know, it's like, oh, I need to run a mass redaction or I need to, you know, do these things. I'm not sure they're not having to run off into the internet and look for a YouTube video that shows them how to use this software. They're just calling us and saying, this is what we're trying to do. And we go, great. And we jump on with them in a screen share and go, it's click, click, click. And this is how you run it. And you're good to go. Or we need to produce productions for all these different places. And we need to make sure we're not sending out privilege. I mean, we're there to work it with them. It's not Mm -hmm. just to drop a piece of tech and, and leave, right? Like it's a, it's a, it's a partnership and a relationship where we're, you know, providing services. We're not doing work product, right? We're not just attorneys. We're not going to actually do review, but we're going to be in lockstep with your reviewers all the way to empower them to be able to do this correctly and quickly. And that's a, that's very, very powerful because most of these small firms are, are probably saying, well, I'm going to, I'm going to have to grow to 20 or 30 or 50 people before I think about hiring people that are dedicated to lit support. You know, we're like, you don't have to get that big. We can come in and give this to you on an incremental cost basis to where you get a ton of value, not having to break the bank, and you can enjoy the benefits of having that big department without having to actually build it. 
It seems like yeah. a great asset for law firms who are smaller, maybe don't want to grow, you know, to the, the hundred person firm or something like sure. that. And this provides a really great benefit of for them to be able to pick and choose certain elements of the business that they can outsource. They don't have to manage it personally. Mm-hmm. A really compelling financial argument as far as how to maintain profitability or improve profitability by taking away hours that they were doing manually to review documents or pawning it off on someone else. But another angle that I think is important to mention here is that this sounds like it can make attorneys get better results, right? By the accuracy component of having a system do it versus a person relying on whoever you could find at that time, at that at that rate to be going through all the documents. But now this is kind of another way that law firms can make more money, charge more for cases because they, they have insights, they have tools in their tool belt that are better than the opposing counsel, which ultimately comes back as who's the best, who's the best DUI guy in town. Who's the best PI guy in town. Right. So I think there's, that's really a cool part of this as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the, there's. The, Good. I was going to say, I think the financial model, what's interesting in legal is that it applies in two different directions, because if you effectively got two different kinds, right. Of it, so, so let's look at if you got the defense side and you've got like the, you know, the plaintiff side. Right. So and it, and it is valuable both directions. So in the plaintiff side or in the defense side, you know, that's usually hourly billing. There's not really contingency. I mean, sometimes, but it's not really contingency work, right? It's like they work for a company. They're going to try their case and they're going to track their hours and they're going to send a bill. Well, in that scenario, there's a lot of value there. Like we talk about accuracy and stuff. You want to win more because if you're one of Coke's attorneys and you're winning less than somebody else, they're going to move their business. If you're charging more because it takes you 100 hours to do something a modernized or an optimized firm can do for 20 hours, Coke will eventually go, well, why? I mean, we're doing the same kind of stuff, and these guys are six times as expensive. Like, that'll hurt your business. Um, mm-hmm. On the plaintiff side, <clears throat> that's actually really right because those guys, right, they only make money if they win. Right? Like, they're operating in a contingency environment. So if you think about what we're doing, where if we can just – and there's more to it, but just in its most base thing, if we can reduce the amount of hours necessary to not only complete a case, but to even evaluate whether or not a case is worth taking, right? Because most of these firms, you have to do some discovery. They'll do case selection discovery. Like I went through a MedMal situation personally a few years ago, and the firm I went to spent, I don't know how many hours on my case, just figuring out if they wanted to have me as a client, Right. And then they've got to go and then do the work to try to win or settle or do what they got to do. So on the plaintiff side, talk about hitting the bottom line, right? If if early case assessment and then deciding you want to take it and then you got to go win it, right, or get a settlement in order to make a dollar because you're making 40% of whatever you get out of that thing. If all of the hours you have to put in in advance of that settlement, you can take from 500 hours to 50 hours or 100 hours. The settlement's the settlement. That case is going to be a million dollars, a hundred thousand dollars, and you're going to make forty grand or four hundred grand or whatever. <laughs> if you're going to make the same amount of money, whether you spend five hundred hours or a hundred hours, and you can do it in a hundred, mm-hmm. your cost per your rate, your relative rate there is a way is way better, right? So, for the plaintiff side, like it feels like it's a huge slam dunk, right? Because every hour they save on the front 
is just it may, that their margin just goes up, 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 up. Right. You yep. get into a situation where it's like, well, crap, man. Like, again, if I do this in 100 hours at 400 grand. Right. Like I just I just basically made four thousand dollars an hour. Right. Instead of, you know, doing it for for, a th- you know, for a thousand hours and making four hundred dollars an hour. Right. I mean, that's just a that's real math. Right. <laughs> real the, math. The the other side of that that um, is an unfortunate reality is that people when they're getting in, into these discovery situations, they get just buried in, in documents. You know, you'll talk about um, a tactic in a, a case is to bury the opposition in paperwork. Well, that other side, whoever has to go through and do that document review, typically it's going to be some junior level associates or paralegals, uh, and they are going to do what's called a best effort review. So you're hoping that they're going to get to some quantity of review that will catch as much of the responsive uh, or privileged data as exists. And then they're going to send it off and they're going to hope that no one on the opposite side uh, sees something they shouldn't see and then says something about it so they can you know, enact some kind of a clawback um, or that they're going to find you know, the, the smoke and guns, uh, as it were. But even above and beyond that, just think about for a second the quality of life and and sort of the um, the turnover internally. When you've got people who are skilled at what they do, that's that's material you want to hold on to, right? You want to hold on to all those human resource assets. And if you've got someone chewing over, like I said, a six thousand pages worth of record to have to manually redact things or to have to go through and find that needle in a haystack. That's going to exhaust that person. How often are they going to have to go through and do that before the offer from the law firm across the street starts looking real attractive? Because regardless of whether or not they're going to look at the same exact stuff or have the same kind of workflows, um, you know, it's it's over there and the grass is always greener on the other side. So when you're employing workflows like we do and when you're employing tools like we have, you're likelihood of holding on to valuable staff is so much better so you're going to have that much better um, quality of life for your staff you're going to hold on to talent so much more Um, and more than that you don't have to hire a ton more people to handle additional workload or to handle the existing workload you have in a more achievable time frame what is happening so often in the industry right now is law firms are seeing consolidation happen, not only internally, but also for their clients. Their clients, especially who are are businesses and are looking for specialists, are trying to shrink the pool of vendors they use, shrink the number of attorneys they use. And if you can handle a case and show your client on a scorecard or whatever, um, we handle your cases faster, we settle them for less, or we get you better results in your things, well, then you're going to get a bigger piece of the overall market. And that's a good thing for everyone involved. Well, and also around it too, like, and this is more for the maybe the, the growing firm and the mid firm is acquire attracting talent. This is, all, I mean, mm-hmm. the thing I remember too now is this is the kind of stuff where law schools around the country are starting to have these tools in the teaching environment, right? So mm-hmm. now, and I've had this conversation with people to say that they're putting in e-discovery just because they're trying to hire good attorneys 
and people coming out of law school and they'll come in and go, well, what do you use? And they go, we don't use anything. We put you in, you know, like if you're going to be doing this work, the early level associate type work, you're doing it manually. And they're like, wait a second. Here's a legal pad and a pen. I just came out of law school where I have access to all these incredible tools, right? Like this is where like LexisNexis and Westlaw really went, you know, their strategy. They got into law schools and research went from legal libraries to online and, you know, firms that didn't do that. Somebody got and said, wait a second, you want me to go just in here and look through books? Like, I, and then this other firms over here is more modern and I can have a soft, you know, platform. So if you're trying to hire young attorneys, this can help. But also the other thing I was going to say that that I think really along these lines that is also impactful is just the idea that, you know, outside of the retention of employees um, and uh, and how they're sort of plying their trade is that even in a small shop where maybe they don't have staff that's doing this stuff for them. Maybe the guy that or gal that's trying the case um, is doing this work because they, they're they only four people. Um, in our scenario, it's like you can still spend the same amount of time, but let's reallocate your time to more valuable work, right? Yeah. So if let's say that it really you do need to have 100 hours in a case. Well, right now you're doing 70 hours of review, and then you're spending 30 hours working on the high-value stuff, case strategy, right. right, all that. It's like let's shift that the other direction. Let's make it so you only got to spend 20 hours in review, and then you can spend 80 hours doing this stuff that you've gone to school for a million years for and spend all these years mm-hmm. learning how to do well, which is be a lawyer, right? right? Which is to actually work your case. So even in that scenario with a small shop, they may not have – they might not be passing this off to some paralegal. It may be them, right? So it's like wouldn't they rather just spend minimum time on that so they can then spend more time doing the high-end like legal mental work? Than the, you know, front side breakdown work, you know, that's a lot, that's a lot more. I mean, again, like it's example, if you're a, if you're a, a general contractor, like, wouldn't you rather spend all your time building the house and less time, like chopping down trees, right? Like right now it's, it's flipped the other direction. You're spending all this time chopping down trees so you have to rush to build the house. Let's make the tree cutting process way easier. And then you can spend the same amount of time if you want but just spend it on higher value stuff, which is actually constructing yep. the building. Right. Yeah. You guys make really, I think, great arguments for folks to embrace this type of technology, at least get curious about it, right? You have the yeah. savings on labor costs, you have the quality of job uh, improves. You also have the better results factor as well, which can lead to more profit in itself. Mm-hmm. What do you guys, and this is my my final question, I really enjoyed our discussion and appreciate um, your time, um, but what, what advice do you have for law firms who are reluctant to these tools or think they're too small, you know, of, mm-hmm. of a firm or just reluctant to get to change things, change their way they're doing it and kind of the opportunity cost of dedicating some some time to this to get it started once, but then have that ability or have that benefit, that long-term benefit? So um, in short, you don't have a choice. You, you really don't. There's, especially with COVID, we've watched the American bar start getting very aggressive about how it is implementing um, its sanctions and where it is starting to apply its sort of the, the penalties behind people not operating correctly in how discovery should be handled now. 
Um, anyone who wants to say that I'm too small, I don't have eDiscovery, if you're reading a document on your computer, you have eDiscovery. Uh, unless someone goes out and brings you a banker's box full of documents that never entered a computer, you have eDiscovery. Those sanctions are going to get really uncomfortable. I mean, you know, high tech and um, the HIPAA Act have been out for a long time. Both those have some pretty serious teeth. We're talking about anything from uh, $100,000 all the way up to $2 million per violation. That will bankrupt a law firm. You cannot afford to ignore this stuff. You just can't. And that's on the carrot. That's on the stick side of things. On the carrot side of things, you're going to get such a competitive advantage above everyone else who, again, no one has a choice. We all have to do this. This is just the way the future works. But you're going to get such a competitive advantage over your competition, over the big guys who've, who've been sort of hoarding all of this technology and these abilities for now more than a decade, that it just makes good business sense to get into this. And then finally, yeah. it's going to be more fun to practice law. Who in the world went to law school to go, I know, I'd like to read through a bunch of email for 15 hours and find one piece of information. No, they want to go in there to, to practice law, to try cases, to do things that are impactful to their clients, not to do someone else's homework. Yeah, and I'll give you one about the resistance to doing. It. I mean, here's the thing, and and I and I get this is tied around the unknowns because we're actually doing this a little different. There's not a, this is in a developing space, right? Where this even this conceptually, right, has been available to small to mid-sized firms. Um, <clears throat> but more than the carrot and stick thing, um, I think that the way that we're structured, and it wouldn't have to be us. I would say that if you're a firm, you need to be looking at this no matter what provider you're looking at, right? If you're not doing yeah. this currently, you need to talk to somebody. We'd love to talk to you, but talk to someone. Um, but um, the we can come in and do a case, right? Like that's the thing. It doesn't have to be this, you know, and that's what's very different from the way our platform is set up and our services are set up. So like document management, which is a huge now that's the almost ubiquitous in legal it used to not be like I manage and NetDocs and world docs and these platforms that just did document management for their IP, their internal docs. That used to be a luxury product. Now everybody's got them like you almost can't do your work without it. Right. So but in order to do that, you got to put the whole firm in. You got to move everything over. It's a massive undertaking. We could literally come in and say in one practice area and one case and go give us one case, right? The cost is going to be incremental. It's not like there's this, you know, oh, there's a get-in price of 50 grand. You know, it's like, nah, you could you could actually field test it, right? You will actually come in and there's two ways we can do that. Three ways, really. We could come in and you say, I get it. Let's do a net new case. I got a new one starting next week. Let's get set up. Let's get everything together. Let's run through some training. Let's put the discovery in and start from scratch. We do that. The other thing is, is we can come in mid-case where they're in the middle of something and say, I've got to do something right now, like run a big redaction or break down a big PDF or do something. Mm -hmm. We can take a copy of the data and show you in that scenario what we can do versus how you're doing it manually. And that's always like turning on a flashlight because, you know, generally we do that and they're like, holy crap, like I just spent 50 hours doing that and you did it two hours. <laughs> right. I mean, that's right. that's a that's not an exaggeration. We had that happen not too long ago where 
a guy just did something and said, well, you guys try to do this. And we ran the whole thing through and we produced the the bits of information he wanted in about two hours. And he had spent 40, 50 hours working on it manually. Mm-hmm. Um, or we can do, and we try not to do as many of these, which is just a raw test case, which is we take something that's not active, right? And put it in and just run it outside the framework of normal and 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 do so. We, we're not going to probably do that in full flesh mode. That's going to be a little more, um, what's the word? Um, um, theoretical, where we're not going to actually get deep, but it's enough to where we can take some data and show you. And we've got demo data we can just show people as well if they don't really want to. But you can come in on one case and just give it a, a and then if you want to expand into the firm, that's just as easy. We just start running more cases. So yep. I think the big thing is, is there's very little barrier to entry from a price standpoint, really, or a time standpoint, because we can come in very small. I mean, and we believe in what we do. So we're not trying to grab people up and say, sell the whole firm. I know if someone runs a case, they're going to start doing every case. We we yeah. haven't even, we, we've never seen the, we've, we have yet to have a single customer start using us and then use us less. It just doesn't happen because right. there's so much value in it. So, you know, it's like, if you're worried about price and cost, it's like, just do, let's just do one, you know, very low risk, financially, time, all that. And then we can show you the value. It's not like it takes, you know, and then this is not, you know, your industry, right? In the, in the SEO and that sort of stuff. I mean, that's a longer tail, right? Like that requires a pretty long, you know, you gotta, you can't just go do that in two weeks. You sort of see results that require, and it's an, it's an important commitment people should make. Right. But it takes longer, Appreciate that plug. but it takes, you know, it just takes, <laughs> no, it's, it's, but it's it takes a little longer to see results. Like we load up a case, we can start producing results like tomorrow. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Like literally. Right. Like, tell us what you're doing. Let us give us a minute to get the data in and get some things set up on our side and we can actually show you value right now. Mm-hmm. So and that's not typical of most businesses. Most of the time it takes a, it takes a while right, to start to actually realize some value from an investment. Our, our tail on realizing value is very short. Um, and then if they don't see value, then, you know, they're out you know, some nominal amount of money and they've moved on. Yep. But I've ne- we've, we've never had that happen. We've never had somebody do it and go, eh, I don't really see how this is helpful. <laughs> and a, a, a thing we actually haven't talked about uh, at all and is, is a little bit esoteric uh, and is a huge differentiator between what we do and what the rest of the market does. Because you can get out there and find guys who will do consultative e-discovery stuff. Um, we're pioneers in what's called law firm informatics. We're basically taking all of the data that a law firm has and all their case information, all of their billing information, um, pursuant to the cases that they try with us. And we're giving them back information about that. How efficient are you? Who is your best reviewer? Who's your most profitable client? You may have a client who you think is really profitable because they're really noisy. And in, in reality, they're costing you money because every case that you try with them, you lose money on. You know, how many cases are you writing off administrative tasks that now you you aren't anymore. In fact, we've even got a, a calculator on our website for anyone who wants to go through and uh, check to see how much of an impact you can have for this kind of a tool. And we'll give you a report back right there based on just sort of the, the information you provide us. Hey, here's how much of an impact this kind of a tool, our kind of services can have on you. So really, really interesting, very cutting edge stuff. I mean, for anyone who doesn't believe that this is the next wave of how you know how law is going to be practiced just wait five years and you're either not going to be in business or your competitors are going to be outstripped 
by you know three or four times. All right. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for anything that helps improve the efficiency and operational setup for law firms, because Mm -hmm. in my experience, we're dealing with a lot of solo, a lot of small firms, right? People wearing a lot of different hats, same way I do. And anything that can provide even an incremental improvement on the amount of tedious not fun work and can make you more profit it's a slam dunk so i'm really excited and wish you guys the the best with the product it sounds like uh in a year and and things are moving quickly so congrats on getting this this up and running and really appreciate your time today yeah i appreciate it thanks man same to you like um it's it's really fun and and we're we're you know i think we're entrepreneurs but also sort of that consultants in nature and i mean the the real it, it it much like again in your business like when you start to see those value results it's very gratifying i mean it's very gratifying the work we do because we see the impact and it's not this gaseous cloud that's hard to it's like right boom like we've got like here it is this is what you this is what you committed to do and this is what you got out of it i mean and, mm-hmm. and that's a there's not a lot of businesses where you get to do that, where you can literally point at it and go, I can show you exactly how you drove value right here. So it's it's really fun for us. And when we, you know, we, we really enjoy it. That is it for this week. I want to thank Sean and Clayton for graciously giving us their time and sharing some really cool information. So I hope you got a lot out of it and stay tuned for more episodes. Thanks again. Thank you.